Well, it's the only one-shot golf podcast, and I'm Jim Gallagher, Jr. I'm so excited to have uh, this week's guest. It's the head coach of the Oregon Ducks women's golf team, runner-up in the NCAA championship, Derek Radley. Derek, thanks for being with me today. Jim, thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here, bud. Can you believe this is – you just finished your fourth season? Am I right? Did I read that right? I, I can't I, I can't believe it. I know you probably can't. Yeah, it feels like ever since I've uh, moved to Eugene, I've, I've blinked. And, uh, yeah, we're about to start year five. So, um, it, man, it goes by quick. And, you know, Sarah and I, my wife and I, we moved up here with one kiddo, and now we got three. So, uh, it's <laughs> certainly – certainly been a change but uh forever thankful for everything and you were the assistant on a national championship team in arizona uh where your team won in 2018 at stillwater so you came in there with those credentials you all have had an incredible season kept getting better and better but you know i like always like to get uh, our listeners a chance to get to know Derek radley and then let's get to know you a little bit better who kind of got you started and influenced you early on in golf because i believe you grew up around the cleveland ohio area correct that's right um I'm a Midwest uh, Midwest guy from Cleveland, Ohio, born and raised. Uh, diehard Cleveland sports fans. When I met Sarah, she asked me if I was still a Cleveland sports fan, and I said yes. And she <laughs> said, "Okay, that means you're loyal, so we can get married." Um, but uh, no, I I, uh, I actually didn't get into into golf until late. I was a big baseball guy, and I'm tall, so I played baseball, basketball, and I got into golf late from my grandfather, okay, um, who uh, who got me started and. Got me going out to the course. Uh, my he was an engineer, and uh, I feel like I'm a lot similar to him in, in uh, thinking process, thought process, in a lot of ways. So, um, you know, looking at golf swings and trying to really understand how things work, and with the engineer mind, it really just clicked. And uh, I walked on in college. I went to Fair State University, mm-hmm. um, and uh, played for Brad Bedortha, who is now the head women's golf coach at Northern Arizona. Somebody that I am extremely close with. Probably talk on the phone once a week with and we help each other out and uh um you know just just competed uh, i ended up playing all four years in the lineup um and, and it really just transpired from there and um after after college i knew i wanted to teach golf and so i had the opportunity uh, my first job was in charlotte north carolina working for a lady named dana raider yeah uh, at her golf school and uh dana's fantastic and uh probably the best boss i ever had and she really helped me grow at, at a young age and um, learn not only how to teach golf, but how to uh, teach and and uh, and be and understand and learn different personalities and students and how to really get through and communicate with them. So, um, and there I actually met Jason Sutton. Uh, Jason was the director of golf, and he's now a top 100 instructor. Um, and Jason really was crucial in my development as well. So, um, teaching uh, taught for about four or five years right out of college and then i met my wife uh sarah is um, the golfing world knows her as sarah brown she's now sarah radley but uh sarah played professional golf for about eight years and uh sarah also worked for golf channel for yep. a little bit and, and hosted the show school golf there with martin hall she was on three of the big breaks and uh so i met sarah and we were just boyfriend girlfriend first i said i'm never caddying for you i'm not coaching <laughs> for you and it turned into all three <laughs> Uh, but man, in our late twenties, we got to travel, travel the world together. Um, and, uh, you know, I got to caddy for Sarah and just met the nicest people in the sport and, uh, just so thankful for that opportunity to see some of the best women 
golfers in the world and how they did it week in and week out and all those things from, from learning from the instructors I work with to caddying from my wife, I think really helped me to the success that I've had today. Uh, coaching women's college golf. Do you know I caddied? My wife played for uh, about a year. She didn't quite had I guess ten events. She blew out her shoulder, and I caddied a couple times. And I think there's more pressure caddying, especially. You know, my wife was good. She's won twelve state ams. She's a good player, but she relied on me too much. Like my, you know, my idea worked. It's like, hey, come on now. I can't handle the pressure here. <laughs> I was joking, <laughs> but but what was it like caddying? Because I mean, you're out there, you're both trying to make a living. You're out there on the LPGA. What was that like caddying? Because that had to be uh, uh, doing it as much as you did. It had to be kind of so challenging at times. It, it was absolutely challenging. I learned uh, when to, when to speak, when to be quiet. <laughs> um, you know, we still got married, so I, I think I passed the test. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, it's, it, it's tough. I think, um, Sarah, she really relied on me a lot. And, uh, a lot of it was just course management though. Mm-hmm. Um, just understanding that, you know, you don't have to attack every pin. And, you know, the year before I caddied for Sarah, this was on the Symmetra. She, uh, was like, I don't know, 60th on the money, money list. And, and then I, I went with her and we just talked a lot about course management and she was 12th the very next year. So it wasn't wow. like she... You know, she changed swing or nothing like that. We just kind of mapped out courses, uh, courses together, and and uh, was really fun. So, but man, we—I mean, she was lazy European tour LPGA, and so tra- traveling the world and, and getting to spend the time together was just—we did retirement backwards, is what we say. So, very thankful <laughs> for all that. Absolutely. <laughs> now, you were a PGM uh, major, is that correct? Pro- professional golf management major at Ferris State. Am I right on that? That's right. That's why I chose to go to Ferris State. Okay. Um, first ever professional golf management program started um and so i went there and, and knew that i wanted to be in golf in some some sort of uh aspect and um really fell in love with teaching uh when i got there and we you know at first you get to do a bunch of different interns in the golf shop you can you can go hang on a teacher's hip and learn and do all that and as soon as i was outside and got to watch um, you know, students come through and, and understand teaching. That that's the route that I knew I really wanted to go. Yeah, it's cool because Ferris State, like I said, is one of the, the first ones. And if you graduated from Ferris State in that department, you were top notch because it was tough, tough. And now it's it's you know back then I think it kind of fell under different uh, categories. Originally I think it did, but now it's kind of under business and marketing. So it's really a, a good major. And you see so many guys that are in the club pro business go through that. Uh, management program for sure but you you mentioned multi-sports you played baseball you played basketball how did you balance playing both and then picking up golf so late how were you able to balance it what advice do you have for kids and parents who out there who have kids who want to play multiple sports and play golf as well yeah I um you know I've always been a, a huge advocate of multiple sports and I think it's it's it's, it's especially important in golf because golf is such an individual sport um, for those that are fortunate to play golf in college, you need to learn how to be on a team. Mm-hmm. And so um, for me, you know, playing baseball and playing basketball really taught me what it, what it meant to be a good teammate, to be positive, um, to be, to be um, helpful in practice to everybody else so that we can all achieve the same goal. And, um, you know, that's a lot of what we do with our team today. Coach Monica Vaughn, our assistant coach, she grew up playing volleyball um, uh, as well as golf. And so she really understands what it means to be on a team. And, man, if you can get that lesson and learn that lesson at a young age for junior golfers, I think that's crucial to the success 
that you can have in whatever sports you play. But, you know, we have three kids now, my wife and I, Sarah, we're so blessed. And, you know, we want them to play as many things as they can. And then if they eventually kind of find their passion and love and one, then we'll kind of narrow it down. But, you know, I coach my son Palmer's, uh, the coach's pitch team. Uh, now I got 14 little guys that run around and it's just the best. And he plays basketball and, in the winter, and, and he loves to go up and hit some golf balls, too. So we try to keep them well-rounded. Tell me you're not throwing heat at little six-year-olds. Man, I am, and i got to <laughs> tell you, Jim, it is, it is the most nerve-wracking day of my week because, you know, I, I'm at the helm of tears or not, whether I strike and <laughs> I can help them get a hit. And so, uh, thankfully, I've done okay. And my years of playing baseball as a, as a little guy, uh, you know, as a kid, has helped. Uh, us do now but we're doing great but now it's you know I, I love it my dad coached my teams growing up and uh thankful um with my job I'm able to do that you know for for my son what are the challenges for you and Sarah trying to raise three kids you're almost you know now you've got six eight nine uh young ladies on your team what's it how's that how's that with balancing what are some of those challenges trying to do it all and that's basically what you're trying to do yeah, it's it's a lot, and as you know, coaching is is twenty four seven, and and uh, we call ourselves one big duck family, though. Mm. We're all in this together. The you know our girls on the team are over the house all the time, so we got all hands on deck helping change diapers, and um, and I think it gives them a good outlet as well um, to to kind of check out mentally from school and from golf, and just come relax and feel like they have a home away from home. You know, so many of our student athletes, I think, are are so international that them feeling safe and comfortable and, and a big thing for me is that their mom and dad trust um, the fact that we're going to take good care of them when they're here in Eugene, Oregon. And um, that's important. And so, you know, it's, it's tough. I think when I travel, um, when I'm away a lot, either recruiting or, or with the team, um, Sarah is, I tell her her job, it will be way harder than mine ever will be taking care of three little ones, especially when I'm on the road. But, uh, you know, thankful for all the friends and family that we really have here in Eugene to kind of help you. We all help each other out. And so it's tough, but, you know, something that is is, uh, is so important to me with raising, um, when talking about my three kids individually, you can go up in the boys, my boys' room, Palmer and Riders right now, and you'll see a, a sign on the wall that says Daddy's Rules, and, and my three rules are to love God, and uh, is number one, first and foremost. Number two um, is to do the right thing, and number three is to be kind to others. I feel like if they'll do that, then they'll be successful in whatever they do in life. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. That's what makes you one of the best. No, that's that's great advice. And as you said, you have a lot of international uh, players. But what advice do you have for those kids out there who are kind of getting started in the junior tournaments, trying to maybe think about playing college golf? What do you have the advice do you have for those parents? I mean, I know you better think of a budget because it gets expensive traveling. Uh, and picking tournaments, but what advice do you have for those young kids out there, kind of getting started, some who have already started playing, uh, getting ready to maybe try to make the decision where to go to college? Yeah, junior golf has, I mean, become like a little junior tour now, right? I mean, the, these events are just incredible uh, all over the world, and so it can it can get extremely expensive. And so I would say if your kiddo loves golf, do the best you can to get them in as many tournaments as possible, both locally and nationally, um, if, if they're – fortunate enough to, to qualify for those events but yeah i mean exposure is, is important right um you know uh, as college coaches we're always looking at rankings and looking at the best but certainly we're looking at local talent as well and so it's not necessarily just about rankings but it's also about the values and how the kiddos were raised and 
you know, nowadays we're looking for not only great talent, but we're looking for a good person. Mm-hmm. And that's something that is so important to myself and Coach Monica Vaughn, our assistant coach, when we're out on the, on the road recruiting is, you know, I'm hanging out in my car, whether these kids know it or not, and I want to see how they're treating mom and dad when they're helping them put away their push cards. You know, are they being positive? Are they yelling at their mom and dad? Are they blaming them? Or are they staying positive and they're thankful? Are they going up to the volunteers and thanking them? Because those things go so far when they get to college, and that is what ends up being most important. And I'm so proud of our, our ducks. I have sent seven incredible young women that are positive um, every single day they bring into practice and they go compete, and they're thankful for the opportunity. So. I just think as a, as a parent, those are really key lessons that you need to be helping your, your young kiddo understand. And, you know, that's going to last with them forever. So well said. I agree. I mean, I, I struggled with that early on. I was a good kid. I just had a bad temper. And I'm sure that kind of made people go like, whoa. And, you know, you finally grow out of that. But I've heard so many coaches say, are you being respectful? Are you being nice to your parents? Are you saying and doing the right things? One thing my dad always made me do, uh, and I still did it when I was on tours, write thank you notes. Just a two-minute yeah. thank you note is amazing how far that goes. Not because you're going to get something out of it, because it's, as you said, the right thing to do. And it made such a huge difference. Uh, I had 35 guys from my dad's club where we were, where he was the pro, and, and those were my 35 sponsors. And that's how I got started on a tour. So it's so important in, in today's as world. Soon as, uh, as soon as we, we finish up our, our tournament, wherever we're at, you get checked in and get to the airport. As soon as we get to the gate, our five players that just played, they know to go right to Coach Monica Vaughn, and she has uh, thank you letters already enveloped and, and, and ready to go. So then we have our players sit there and write thank you notes uh, to the sponsors and to the to the to the uh, all the people that supported the tournament that we just played in. That's it's awesome. Extremely important. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. because a lot of people are giving up their golf courses. They're volunteering. And college golf is on the way up. I mean, the golf channels, you know, we're on. T- it's on TV, and it's it's growing and growing. And, and these players are getting an opportunity of a lifetime. And a lot of people, a lot of hard work goes into that. And as we experienced uh, a week or so ago at the the NCAA's, but you know, you're an assistant at Arizona for a long time. Uh, did you try to put your name maybe out in the hat as a head coach somewhere? Or were you just waiting for that right opportunity? And why did you choose Oregon? Yeah. So. Um assistant women's golf coach at the University of Arizona for six seasons. That was actually my first job in, uh, in, in coaching college golf. And Coach Laura Ionello um, took a leap of faith and, uh, and hired me to be her assistant coach. Um, and her and I really just clicked right off the bat. Um, Sarah, uh, my wife, she was actually born and raised in Tucson, Arizona. Oh, okay. So to go from caddying, um, you know, for her and then, talking about, all right, I think it's time. I need to start making real money and save up for a ring is why I <laughs> have to, uh, uh, to start coaching college. And, and so, um, yeah, it was, it was amazing. The, the opportunity that I had there and, and to be, you know, in Tucson with Sarah's family there. Uh, I learned so much from, from coach Laura and uh, or the assistant coach before myself actually was Justin Silverstein. Mm-hmm. Um who worked for Laura and he's now the head women's coach at, at uh, Southern Cal uh, USC. And so um, we're both head coaches in the PAC 12, which is really cool. And, uh, but yeah, I got a chance to, to coach some amazing players and, and learn um, really what it took to, to be great. Um, Bianca Pagdan, Ganan, Yu Sung Ho, 
um, Haley Moore uh, was my girl, um, Gigi Stoll, all, the, all these incredible players that came through the program, Lindsey Weaver, who's now on the LPGA Tour, and just be around them and help it be an influence in any way that I could, a positive influence. And so 2018, we won the national championship, and I uh, never really thought about being a head coach before. But, uh, you know, after that, I, I was uh, I, I got some interest in – and uh, I actually, um, University of Virginia had reached out to me. They were the first ones. And so I flew out, um, was very thankful for an incredible interview and, and really see how that process went. And Coach Rhea Scott, who was the former head coach here at the University of Oregon, interviewed for that job as well. And she finished first and I finished second. And uh, right after Coach Rhea went to the University of Virginia, uh, University of Oregon had reached out to me and uh, – asked if I had interest and I called Sarah and said, do you ever have any interest in living in Eugene, Oregon? And she said, not really until, until right now. But um, yeah, I flew, flew in for an interview and, and after meeting Rob Mullins, our athletic director, Jody Sykes, our sport liaison here for women's golf, the incredible support and in all of the facilities and buildings uh, built and designed by Nike. I was completely blown away. And I went and had coffee with Casey Martin. Uh, he picked me up in the mm. truck as soon as I arrived in, in Eugene and just picked his brain. And, you know, they have won the national championship in 2016. I'm like, man, this is just – it could be done here. We can do it. And so um, went back to, to Tucson, and they called me a day or two later, offered me the job. And, uh, man, I was screaming in excitement and, and had a lot of tears shed when I said goodbye to Coach Lauren, just thankful for – for everybody in Tucson and, and all the Wildcats that led me to, to my position here in Eugene. Yeah, you mentioned Casey. I had I got to see him at NCAA's uh, when the men played there. I hadn't seen him in several years. You know, just I love the kid. He's just a kid. He's not a kid anymore. He's a grown man, but he uh, he's done an incredible job, and he's like you, this such a great influence on his players. But you, we've mentioned Monica Vaughn, who you won an individual title at Arizona State, was on a national championship team. What has she meant? What impact has she had on your team uh, as your assistant? Uh, she's uh, Monica Vaughn is, is our superhero. And that's what, you know, the girls on the team, they joke and they call her Mo Mama. Mm. Um, and, and coach, you know, ha having a female on staff is just so important. And they look up to her and they're comfortable. And, and she really gives it that, that big sister slash motherly touch to all of our players. But also, she's somebody who achieved everything they want to at the amateur level. Um, Monica was a Curtis Cup member. She won the national championship as an individual at Arizona State in 2017. She she won the team championship that year as well at Rich Harvest Farms. And so, you know, she was ranked uh, inside the top 10 in world amateur rankings her senior year um, and just did everything possible, um, excelled in the classroom. And I mean, you couldn't ask for a better example to set for these young women. And so um, our Ducks love her. We're forever grateful for her. I'm thankful to have her on my hip. Um, she's back home, though. Oregon is where she's from. Mm -hmm. um, she was born and raised in Reedsport, which is about an hour and a half away. So she has two sisters here and her mom and dad. Um, you know, they love coming to all the deck events, and they were all here cheering us on when we won the Pac-12 championship this year. So uh, Coach Mo and I make a great team, and uh, and we have a lot of fun, too. That's the most important thing. Yeah, you all won the Pac-12, first time ever in school history. You've taken your team uh, to elite status. But my question, and we always kind of the theme of this podcast, is what makes an elite golfer elite or what separates that elite golfer from the rest? And you've coached them. You've been around them. You mentioned so many that you've coached. Uh, what, in your opinion, separates that elite player from the rest? 
Yeah, we could be here for hours, bud. I got uh, plenty of time. Yeah, I, you know, from my perspective, you know, in my role that I play is, honestly, I would say it's maybe 10 to 20% golf. Okay, cool. And most of our, most of our players are coming in with incredible junior resumes, playing at the national level, a lot of success. And my job when they come in is almost a, a manager in a sense of, you know, who are they, who are they getting lessons from, whether they've had a long time coach, if they're looking for change, what instruction are they getting? Um, you know, does it work for them? Um, but also just teaching them life, I think is so important. So, you know, when they come in, especially our international players, if they, you know, a lot of them fly to Eugene without mom and dad, they're coming 12, 13, 14, 15 hours from all different parts of the world. And, you know, we're getting them settled in. We're taking them to go get cell phones. Um, we're opening up checking accounts. We're taking them to Target to go shopping for, you know, blankets and pillows for their dorm rooms and then their apartments. And um, it's really just about taking good care of them and making them feel comfortable, but most importantly, earning their trust. So that when big decisions do need to be made down the road, they really can lean on Coach Mo and I. Um, you know, I, I, I think you may have saw one of the stories shared about our, our, our uh, one of our, our now going to be seniors this year, CCT. Um, CCT's from Taiwan, yep. Chen Su Chen. And, you know, CCT really kind of battled depression at a young age. And um, she got here to Eugene, and we got her all the resources to help her. But she came to me about a year ago at the national championship, and that's what it meant to be a Christian. And I had goosebumps. I'd never had that happen to me before. And so that's really led to to uh, her coming to church every every Sunday with, with myself and my family. Um, and it's given her a tool now that she doesn't feel alone. And because of that, CCT's freshman year, she was ranked 1,200 in the world. And right now she's number 93. Mm. And so a lot of these players and a lot of these kiddos, man, it's tough in today's world, especially coming out of COVID. Um, we were all lonely and our futures were uncertain. And so to, to, to have myself and coach Mo and teammates that they can trust and feel comfortable that this is a positive environment. This is a good environment. Our culture is, is awesome and they want to be here and they feel like they can achieve greatness. Um, I think that's the, that's the, that's the secret sauce, man. And, um, because of that, every, everybody's different though, right? Every one of the players are, are different individually. Um, they're extremely self-motivated because they all want to play professional golf one day. But, uh, what, what coach Mo and I do, I would say day in and day out for them, aside from golf is what makes them so successful in golf. Yeah, oh, that's so well said. I knew you, you must've read my, uh, little rundown here. You, you knew I was going to ask that question because I heard Burko tell that over the air as I was walking and trying to survive the 110 degree heat and the dry heat <laughs> as y'all call it, but I call it the yeah. microwave heat, but, uh, it was such an inspiring story and, and, and a great story because, uh, as you said, for COVID really, John Fields touched on this a lot too, and he had an incredible team about kids adjusting, all kids, everybody, the whole world adjusting to, to that loneliness, being isolated, couldn't do the things they're used to doing. And then especially international kids, they'd come over, they don't see their parents for a year or two. That just had to be so difficult then. So cool for you to be able to to uh, share your faith and and be the big influence on 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 that young lady and so many others. But you mentioned instruction, and you are an instructor. Most of these kids have a, uh, their own instructor. How do you balance that uh, when they have their own teacher when they come to school and, and play for you? 
Yeah, golf is really unique in that way. I've had a lot of conversation with this, right? If you if you choose, let's say, University of Oregon to come play football, you know, your new coach is our football coach. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in golf, you know, you choose University of Oregon to come play golf, you still have your swing instructor back home. So during the recruiting process, one of the, the keys and most important things for me is to introduce myself to their swing coach and really um, help them understand that I'm not trying to step on their toes because we're recruiting their player for a reason because we think they're great and they have an incredibly high ceiling. And, you know, I want to develop a relationship with them. I can't tell you how many practices we're at where we're FaceTiming with swing coaches. Um, I'm taking videos, and I think technology has really helped bridge that gap with TrackMan and videos that we can send to and from. However, I'm extremely thankful that I do have the background that I have because I know my players like the back of my hand, and if they kind of start shifting one way, boom, I'm there to say, all right, let's reach out to your instructor. Uh, I kind of see this, but let's see what they say. Or if they're shifting a different way, boom, let's reach out to your instructor. Let, let's see this. So I'm, I'm consistently reaching out and keeping them in the communication because I may see one thing, but I need them to communicate to the player in the way that they're comfortable. And um, I think it's just such a crucial part of their development is, like I said, I'm, I'm almost feel like a manager in some ways of, managing statistics and managing these tests that we run day in and day out to, so that they're not really going into these deep slumps that you see a lot of college players go into. And I'm trying to catch it before it even gets there with, with their instructor. Yeah, it's important because, I, like you said, you understand that. You're kind of the eyes and ears, and, and technology is amazing. I would always, when Kathleen was at LSU and she was taking lessons from VJ Trolio up here at Old Waverly, and I said, FaceTime him. It takes five minutes. He'll answer your call. You know, just make up in time and, and just get on there because, you know, you're four and a half hours away. You can't just jump in the car and go see him. And he, he's got a pretty good idea of what he wants you to do. And it, it just makes such a difference in their lives. And and I think whether you're coaching or, or raising kids, if you're fair and consistent with kids, they're going to do what you want to do. And, and, and you sound like, that. hey, we're going to be consistent with our teaching. That way the kids aren't confused because that can happen so quick uh, with so much technology out there. And these kids rely on it. These players rely on it today where we kind of had to figure it out and, and make some mistakes, uh, you know, along the way until I didn't really see my swing until I think I was in college. Never saw my golf wow. swing, which was crazy. My wow. dad was my instructor, and I just relied yeah. on him. And I wish now if I look back on my career, I would have learned more about the golf swing. I just didn't want to know a lot about it. I played so much by feel. Uh, and I, and I could kind of only focus on one or two things at a time. And, and I just struggled with that. And, and when I did struggle, I had nowhere to go. So, uh, I think that's yeah. what, you know, I think just for me, and I think, like you said, when you see your player doing one thing, you're there to say, Hey, let's call, let's get this figured out. That's so smart because yeah. you're not, your, your ego is not so big. Yeah. You know how to instruct, but you also understand that they have an instructor along the way, which I think is, is so, ter- yeah. so important. But you mentioned that pac 12 and winning that championship and I know you're an emotional guy. You're like I am. It's part of being who you are. But can you yeah. take us back to those emotions and that final round when y'all won that championship for the first time? Man, just so special. I mean, I, four years ago when when I got here, I knew that we were going to host the championship this you know this uh, this April. And so, um, really, the the dream was obviously to put the best team on the field to have us an opportunity to keep that trophy here. And I knew it was going to be hosted at Eugene Country Club. So recruiting certain types of players um, and everything just fell into place. Just so thankful for for our five and the fact that they said yes and, and trusted me to come here to Eugene and, and be Ducks and play for us. 
Um, with our champs, starting with, with Cynthia Liu, our sophomore, who won individually. That was our second um, duck who won individually. First was uh, Caroline English, who's now in the yeah. uh, LPJ Tour. She won in 2015 in Colorado. But, you know, in the Pac-12, the championship goes um, to a different school every year, and, and it stays on the same rotation. And Utah does not have a women's college golf team, so we have 11 women's uh, golf teams here in the Pac-12. So we get it once every 11 years. And so I knew I had four to try to put the dream team together, uh, so to speak. And, uh, man, we didn't start out real strong, I would say. And, and the weather was really challenging, uh, extremely challenging. And um, it was the afternoon. It was the second nine of the second round that changed everything. Uh, we had kind of struggled up into that point. We had a rain delay. So we went in and sat. We were in the clubhouse for a couple hours, and then we were going to go get started again. And then they went back inside. And at that point, it kind of just built up this feeling where we just want to play. And we're going to be thankful for the opportunity. If we get to play right now, we're going to get everything we got. And as soon as we went out, I think Cynthia made six birdies in that back nine, and we made 14 as a team. Wow. With both Kibbs Gard Nielsen, Heather Lynn as our senior, Brianna Chacon, and Chin Su Chen. And I mean, it, it was magic. I got them together before we went out. I said, all right, enough's enough. I said, we got an opportunity to do this, and our magic starts now. And I'll never forget, bud, as, as <laughs> we're watching them, I'm just kind of standing back, like, is this real? And Mo and I are texting each other. And I'm looking, and there's a rainbow that came out, and it covered – it was right over top of the golf course. I mean, from, from start to finish, you could see this full-on rainbow. And that's what it was, man. It was just pure magic, that back nine. Um, and it changed everything. And, and that brought us up to tie for the lead with Arizona State. And then in that final round, we just talked about putting the hammer down. We're not letting up at all, and, and that's what we did. And holding that trophy at the end and, and watching those kiddos deserve that was, uh, man, I was just so damn proud of them. Holy cow. I mean, and, you know, we had had success throughout the season, but winning, as you know, in the Pac-12 and in women's golf, it's such a strong conference. You know, we produce by far the most LPJ tour players. Um, and every year with Stanford and UCLA and USC, Arizona schools, um, I mean, it's tough. And so to know that we were the best that, that week in, in our conference just gave us so much confidence moving forward. You mentioned those teams, and it's like SEC in a lot of ways, but the, the, as you said, Pac-12, the top half is so strong. That's got to be tough in recruiting. It's so competitive. Uh Take us, you know, what do you – you kind of mentioned what you're looking for, but what does Oregon have to offer uh, to the players and for the kids that are listening, their parents, and, you know, the Nike influence, the facilities? Take us through some of those things. And what does it have to offer uh, the student-athlete out there who's considering playing college golf and maybe coming out to Oregon? Well, I think, like you said, a big sell is the Pac-12, right, in that knowing that we're, we're going to play against the very best week in and week out um, is going to make you better. When you play against the best, you get to be your best. And so that's a big a big sell that we do use. Obviously, recruiting is, is uh, you know, pretty pretty uh, competitive out here, especially on our, on our West Coast, um, but it's fun. And But I would say the most important thing in recruiting is developing a relationship with Coach Monica and myself. And relationship with coaches is extremely important. That's why we love to get in there as soon as we can. Um, you know, June 15th after their sophomore year in high school is when we have the ability to, to contact junior golfers and start developing that relationship with mom and dad and, and the players. Because when they do come to college, it's a big commitment for four years. Um, 
you know, but we want them to trust us. And who they see in the recruiting process is who we are day in and day out. So I would say that's first and foremost is just the relationships with us and our players and then um, them trusting us that we can help, you know, get them in the very best tournaments that, that college golf has to offer. And I'm so thankful for the Ducks, our Ducks that, you know, we've been able to coach here in these four years. We have the number one most competitive college schedule next year. Mm. And the success that this team has had has put us on that map and, and gave us the ability to, to schedule that. So we're going to we're gonna play against the very best in college golf. And you know, the other thing is just the resources that we have at the University of Oregon, like you said, with you can get a great education here, take our academics extremely um, serious. We're student athletes, so student comes first. Um, but also – you know, across the board, I would say just athletics here at the University of Oregon with their partnership with Nike, it's, it's been so successful. And so kind of something cool to see Heather Lynn, our senior, was she wanted to put this program on the map uh, before she left here. And she wanted to catch it up to all of our other sports here at Oregon. And she feels like she left her legacy. And we're so thankful that she did because she certainly did that. How will you balance? Um, how will you balance the expectations? You know, we'll get into the NCAA's because I think it's a cool week to talk about coming off that second place finish. How do you balance those expectations? You said you're going to play against the best next year. How how will you and Monica balance that? Yeah, I think you know we really want them, and I think you heard a lot of them talk um, of our players talk when we were at the national championship because they asked us that question as well. Um, honestly, they rely on each other. Mm-hmm. We really, we really. We really push that, and it's true. Um, you know, all five of our players were ranked inside the top 32, I believe, at the end of the year on golf stat um, individually. And so, you know, they feel like we're five deep, and they're gonna they're gonna have each other's backs always. And I think that's something that we really push um, to know that they're not out there by themselves. And we're gonna do the very best we can. And look, golf is tough, man. We're gonna have great weeks and we're gonna have bad weeks, but goal is to really peak and perform when it when it means the most and uh and that's towards the end of the year so um but thankful at the same time we're going to have a great schedule next year and um coach mo and i we, we put a lot of it on us too you know if we have if we struggle or whatever we blame ourselves and so that keeps our kiddos confidence high and trust in, in us you uh go back to the ncaa's year two stanford's one dream scenario one versus two in the finals what are you telling the kids the night before? Because uh, I've always asked, how are you going to sleep? And I usually say, like a baby, up every two hours, you know. <laughs> That's typical. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't know how I'm going to sleep. I'll let you know tomorrow morning. But uh, what are you telling the kids? Because it was a long day the day before with two matches then. But what do you, what do you tell the kids before and maybe that morning uh, when they wake up, not teeing off till one thirty that afternoon, the next afternoon? So we had two meetings. Um, we had one the night before that final round where um, we had everybody get together um, kind of an impromptu meeting, but we were hanging out with a couple players in, a, in one of their rooms. And then all of a sudden everybody kind of barged in. And so it, it wasn't a meeting that coach Mo and I called, but then it turned into that. And it, it really sprung up a cool conversation. I asked the question of what, what do you need to do individually to play well in match play? match play is such a different format as you know than stroke play and so it led to every one of our five talking about what we needed to do exceptional match play because we had one you know against san jose state and then against texas a&m and had the next day to go against stanford in the championship and long story short it we found out that everybody needs to stay true to who they are as a person and, and stay true to themselves 
And it was just really cool to hear because, like, Heather's like, oh, man, I go out there and just play. I feed off of momentum, our senior. And Heather's like, I, you know, I, I want to crush my opponent. And then it went to CCT thinking, well, I tried for, like, the first three holes to not, to not say good shot to my opponent. And I was playing really <laughs> bad. And then I realized, man, I need to say good shot. And I'm cheering for them, too. So everybody, what we, long story short is that we figured out, man, you just stay true to who you are. You don't, just because it's match play, you don't have to take on this persona of somebody you're not. That's and true. It was a really cool, it, it was a really cool lesson and a really cool moment, I think, for all of us as we sat there that night. And then we did call a meeting the next morning. Um, I slept okay. I think, I hope some, most of the players did. Um, I think we slept better than the night before, to be honest. Um, I know the night before, um, after the, the final round of stroke play, I talked to Heather the morning of we were going into that, that match play event with San Jose State, and Heather said, Coach, I slept for like one hour. And Tiffy is <laughs> like, I slept for one hour too, but I'm so jacked up. Let's go. Um, so I know we did get, I, th- I think, pretty good rest before that final that final match at Stanford. But that morning we went over, you know, our golf course um plan uh, and course management just like we always do going through the pins uh, we, we tend to do that before every round of every tournament so we did that and, and just told them look this is your time the cameras are going to be in your face it's going to be different um, you're going to be nervous but so is the other team and let's go out and just do the very best we can and if you give it 110 percent effort I'm proud of you no matter what true and uh, we got off to a little bit of a slow start I, I certainly think nerves caught up to them we've never been in that position before um and we finally kind of started to, 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 to get comfortable i feel like we were man down in all five matches um early on and then and then it was right about the turn we started getting some momentum going back our way and um you know heather lynn was able to win her match um and and i jumped with brianna uh, real quick and she was able to flip hers and so stanford had two points on the board and we had two points on the board and then it came down to sophie and rose uh, there towards the end, and, and uh, Sophie ended up losing on that 17th hole. But, you know, we threw up two points against the best team in the country, and and uh, we fought back like crazy. And I told them, you, you ladies are champions in my book. Um, and what we did this season was absolutely historic with five wins, winning our Pac-12 championship for the first time in program history. And I'm so thankful that they poured Oregon women's golf on the map where, where it belongs. And I'm so excited for this program moving forward. Yeah, and you and you beat San Jose State. To me, was the third best team. You had to beat them in the first round. That's why they were nervous because they didn't play very good the opening day. I think they were 22nd out of 24th and end up uh, making it up there in, in the medal play. But it was a crazy finish. It didn't cost Sophie at the end. I was with that group. Uh, a little confusion on the the ruling, but it ultimately didn't do. But what'd you tell the? You told the kids you were so proud of them. But you know, you've had a few days to kind of think back and you know reflect like you said it was a dream season uh and it was a goal of yours you've got to be so proud even of the job that you and monica have done uh when you look back uh just the job y'all done besides you know building this so quick in four years it has to be it has to have seemed like it's gone by so fast it has man and you know i'm just so thankful you know they i've received so many text messages and support uh so many from all duck nation just so so proud and so thankful and you know we had people watching golf channel and the coverage uh on tv that has have no idea about golf but every one of them said they're standing up screaming at the tv you know cheering <laughs> cheering us on and so 
the support I think just to have our our championship easy get these college athletes exposure get them the excitement feeling of what it what it truly means to have cameras in your face and and uh, feel that to be there with your teammates man that that's I was so fortunate to have that at the University of Arizona where I was the assistant coach there and Coach Monica had it as a player and so we kept telling our players what that felt like and but you really don't know what that feels like and what that experience is like until you go through it and so I've received so many support and so congr- so many congratulations but it's not about me it's not about Coach Mall it's about our players and our kiddos work so hard and I'm so thankful for them. Um, to put in the daily grind effort um, and putting in what it took because we set the expectation. This is what it takes. And they totally bought into it. Um, and I'm so proud of them to have that experience. And I looked at them before we, we started that, that final round. And I said, you five will be connected forever. And uh, relationships that you five have built in this special team that, that we um, that we are and, and the success that we've had this year, you will never lose that bond. And so it's just so cool. Our, our three from Taiwan, actually, Cynthia, CCT, and Heather, when we got back to Eugene, um, they showed me and they got it approved by mom and dad, which I made sure they went and did this before. But they, the three of them went and got matching tattoos. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, with, with, and I'm going, oh, my gosh, please don't do that. But they, they got it approved with mom and dad. It's to outline the state of Oregon on their backs, kind of small, and then it has a little duck foot over uh over the the city of eugene here where it is and they said they wanted to get that because they're they're now sisters for life and they'll always have each other's back so pretty pretty cool man and and just i'm so so dang proud of them and um coach mo and i are forever thankful that they chose to be ducks and bought in to what we wanted to do here and you know we're just getting started um and i can't wait to see our program and our logo up at the top of the leaderboard for future years to come so well said. This has been great. We could go on and on. I know you've got a family. You got to get to doing some recruiting. You're one of the best in the business. And for you folks that you got to know Derek Radley, and and I've gotten to know him a little bit better. And and just I'm a big fan, big fan of what he's done there. And and he will influence these young ladies. And I always like to end my podcast with whether life or golf, you may have only one shot. You got to make it count. Derek, my friend, you're truly making a difference in so many of these young women's lives. And, of course, your sweet family's life. Uh, appreciate you spending some time with us, and congrats on an incredible season, and good luck next year. Appreciate you having me, Jim. Thanks for all you do for women's college golf, and uh, really appreciate you having me on this podcast. Take care of yourself, bud. Go Ducks. All right, bud. What were you thinking on that play? Take a lap, and when you come back, maybe you'll do things my way. Say